following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here we are, Friday, March 12th, with a whole ton of topics to get to right here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Nui Scruggs, long time Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys safety, our guy, Barry Church. Our other safety, Danny McCray, has got work duties to do over at the Dallas Cowboys. He works for the team. So it's Church and I riding with you here on a Friday. All right, 42, how you doing, man? I'm doing amazing, Nui. Uh, it's a little cloudy here in the Metroplex, but like I said, man, we're on Players Lounge on a Friday, 11:30. Where else would you rather be? Where else would you rather be? Let's get to it, big dog. All right, man. I've been I've been waiting and chomping at the bit since going to that Dak Press uh, Prescott press conference, uh, which was well over hour at the Star. I'm so glad I went because. You needed to be there to see the reactions to the questions mm. and just the way things were bouncing and going. So to see Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, and Dak Prescott there all giving their takes on this deal. So initially, I wanted to get your thoughts on the contract and the press conference. Uh, well, originally the contract, I'm here to say I was dead wrong. Along with a lot of America out there, I was dead wrong. I thought for certain, for certain that he would not get this deal done by, by the deadline. I thought he would be franchise tagged. And I was even going out there saying that he wouldn't get a deal done by July 15th. Um, but the Cowboys, they were able to work their magic. You know, Jerry has always said, and I'll never doubt Jerry again when it comes to this. Because we heard it for two years. I never let anybody I want walk out of me or walk off of this team. I keep who I want. And, yeah, we heard the talk, and we just all thought it was talk. But Jerry got the deal done with Dak. So, to me, I got to give hats off to, to Jerry and his representatives and Dak and his representatives as well. Because even though they got this deal done, I thought for sure, I thought for sure that they would have no cap space and it was going to be Dak versus the world out there seeing how bad this defense was. But – Hats goes off to Jerry and Todd France because they were able to work something out to where Dak was able to get the money he wanted, the guaranteed money, the 40, the 40 mil per year. He was able to get that. But also Jerry on the other side in year one, let that 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 cap friendly, that team deal kind of work its magic. They, they ended up creating more cap space by paying this man this money. And I, I thought it was I thought it was blasphemous. I didn't think there's no way that they're going to be able to get this man this money and still have cap space. But they were able to work it around, and I believe they freed up maybe even 15 to 17 mil right now. And to me, that, that's a win-win on both cases. You, you have your franchise quarterback who's going to be there for the foreseeable future, the leader, the unquestioned leader of this team, there for the foreseeable future, and... Right. And you have enough cap space to address a little bit of the needs on this defense because we know there's a lot of needs on this defense. So for me, I got to get my hats off to both sides. They played it remarkably, and hopefully, you know, it pays off for the Dallas Cowboys as in Super Bowls or something like that because we need it here in the Metroplex. But hats goes off to both sides getting this deal done and creating enough cap space to address that horrendous defense that they had last year. Let's hope it all works out. So I like when you spoke about just the parameters of the deal. And one of the questions and one of the things Stephen Jones had brought up um, was every time there was something that Stephen was looking for that could help the team, 
he said Todd France said yes. Because uh, I believe I was number seven at the press conference. They, they had us all lined up, and, and, and I was number seven to ask the question. So I asked a question to Dak, and the second question I asked was about the pie. Like, okay, you guys talked to all mm-hmm. camp about, you know, there'll be no pie for anybody else here. So is there pie left to fix this bad defense you had? And that's when Steven referenced that Todd France was working with him, and they understood the importance that, okay, yeah, we want our quarterback, we want our guy to get his cash, but there has to be something left for some other people. So that was something I thought that was, was unique there. Jerry said, I overpaid. Everybody out there says Jerry overpaid because he's now, Dak Prescott's the second highest paid quarterback in the game. Okay, second highest mm-hmm. paid player. It's Patrick Mahomes, then it is uh, Dak Prescott, followed by Deshaun Watson. But we all knew how these deals go. The next guy tops the next guy, and, and when, this, you know, when this TV deal is officially done, somebody's going to top Dak Prescott. I mean, this is how, this is how these things go. Uh, four years, $160 million, $66 million up front, $126 million in guarantees overall. Mm. So this, mm-hmm. is, this is where it's gone. Dak Prescott uh, and, and Todd France, they played this perfectly. They did not they did. sign a deal. As Jerry spoke at the press conference, I think Jerry let it out a little bit that he thought – that they could wear Dak out, that they, that, that Dak would just be like, nah, I got to take this deal. You know, after taking so little for so long that he would jump at the chance, and he didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't do he it. Didn't. He Which, did not. Hats goes off to Dak. Yeah. Yeah, they played it right. I mean, he stayed still in all of this. And, and I've, uh, a buddy of mine wrote a book called Stillness is the Key, Ryan Holiday. And it's just that ability that while things around you are a little bit chaotic, how, how still and calm can you be? Which is a great trait for a quarterback, which is what he did. Is while things were going around, but you should sign it, you should do that, you're not worth $30 million. The guy just stayed where he was, ended up getting hurt and just still stayed still, kept working out of the facility. And it worked out well for him that he won the deal, okay? Jerry can talk all day long about how this is good, but Dak won this deal. He did. He won it by landslide, in my opinion. But it's got to be a hard. And that's why I say it's hats off to Dak, because it's got to be hard. I mean, you're getting bombarded by the media. You got guys like myself over here talking about, oh, he's got it. If he takes a deal, we're never going to have a defense. And he's, he can't carry this team without a defense. So why would we pay him that much? And then you got fans coming from all over the Metroplex. Oh, he's greedy. Why don't you take that? You know, there's guys that are you know getting paid way less to do more important jobs. So you're getting all this barking in your ears from every different direction. Guys pulling on you. And like you said, man, he remained still. He remained confident in that he was able, him and Todd France were going to be able to work out a deal in his favor as well as the team. And, and hats goes off because I know myself, man. I know if people were chirping and pulling at me from all, I don't know how, I don't know. And then you got 35 mil dangling in front of your face per year. That's a hard thing to stay still on. And, and hat goes off to those guys because they were able to do it. And it ended up working out in the benefit, both the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. So that was the question I asked to Dak. That was the first when I got because we got two questions to ask at the press conference, and that was a question I asked Dak. You know, for two years, you had to deal with people questioning you about the contract, people questioning what you were worth, and people saying what you weren't mm-hmm. worth that you weren't worth thirty million dollars. How did you deal with it? The other people around you and Dak, he went back to one of his cliches, which is, "Hey, I just control what I can control." But Church, you've been a player and you've been in this situation mm-hmm. too where your contract was up and people were asking you about your future here. I don't care mm-hmm. how much you want to ignore it. You can't ignore it. This is your life.
You can't ignore it at all. And, and, and being he's been in the limelight since his rookie year. So he's had people since his rookie year telling him how great he is. And then when the time comes to, to get paid what he wants, people turn quick and say, oh, no, you're not worth 30 million. You're going to wreck our team and wreck our cap. And man, he remained still. And I'm just like that. That to me just shows just shows that the type of just poise and confidence that that man has in himself to where everybody in the Metroplex, not even the Metroplex, I'm talking about the whole sports world, ESPN. I mean, all those talk shows in the beginning of the or just all those talk shows in the morning. That's all they do is talk Dallas Cowboys football. We know that. And at the head yeah. of the Cowboys football is Dak Prescott. And you got nationwide news people coming at you. You got local media coming at you, fans coming at you. And man. That boy stood his ground. And it's a tough thing to do because as a player, you want to please your fans. You don't never want to be the, the hated guy out there. You know, this isn't wrestling where you, the villains are, you know, there's villains and there's heroes. You don't want to be hated by your, by your fan base out there. And he was able to, you know, keep that fan base happy as well as get his money and get the Cowboys organization as one. And, it, you know, hey, now like I said before, hats goes off. There was a remarkable uh, negotiation and contract. You are checking out the Players Lounge. We are in our NRSWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. I'm Louis Scruggs, joined by Barry Church, Danny McCray, with the day off here, recapping this Dak Prescott historic contract, largest contract in Cowboys history. So he gets it done, and here's the aftermath of people starting to say, well, and one of those people is Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson, who... Mm. Won two Super Bowls as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and left enough talent for a third. And Jimmy told Colin Cowherd of Fox Sports that he does not think Dak Prescott can carry a football team. I've heard this several times from different people. The Dak, good quarterback, not the guy that can carry a team. Barry, you've played in this league. You've seen guys who can carry teams. How, how do you feel about Dak? Man, this, one, this one's tough right here. This one's tough because, like you said, I've played on teams – the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had Blake Bortles, and arguably he was maybe 31st out of 32nd quarterbacks when we were together there, and we were able to get to the AFC Championship despite him. It's because we had an amazing defense. Now, we don't have that type of defense here with the Dallas Cowboys. We don't have any type of resemblance of that defense. But what we do have is an explosive offense, and we have a great, uh, I would say we have a good quarterback with the possibility of being great as he develops, but we have that on offense. So to me, we, we now have the cap space. We have a little bit of room to go ahead and maybe we might not get a marquee free agent in the defensive, defensive side of the ball. We might not get an Indomitian Sue or Anthony Harris as far as the safeties are concerned because those guys might demand a little bit more coin than we're willing to give up. But with the money that we do have in that cap space, I feel like we can address this defense. I feel like we can put a veteran free safety back there. We'll maybe make, you know, three to four million dollars, nothing to break the bank. But there's a lot of options out there at safety, veteran safety with a great skill set who can play that middle of the field defender, who could be that Earl Thomas type safety for this defense. I mean, there's Tayshawn Gibson out there who last year I think he played for the Bears for 2.5 or maybe 3 million. There's Trey Boston out there who won't even demand that much in the in the free agent market. So I think there's options out there and you still can address that defensive line. Like I said, you might not get an Dominican suit, but you can get that Carl Lawson from Cincinnati. You can get some of these lower tier defensive tackles that are better than what you have right now and you can pair them with uh, Neville Gallimore out there and see what can happen. But we have the cap space to address this defense, something that I thought we didn't have or we wouldn't have once we paid Dak. And I thought for sure there's no way Dak can carry this team with the defense that's constructed right now. But if we can address this defense with that little bit of cap room that we have, 
I think he has the capabilities of taking this team far. And, and to me, um, that he's a good quarterback. He might be great over time. But if we can address this defense a little bit, I think we have the solution to, uh, to maybe reaching those heights that we, we want to see. All right, Church. So in your opinion, when Jimmy says a guy, a quarterback who can carry a team, doesn't believe Dak is that guy. Give me three quarterbacks, in your opinion, in the NFL who do carry their teams. Who do carry their team. I would have to say yes. Patrick Mahomes. I'd have okay. to put Patrick Mahomes on there. Um, you know, I would put I'm, – I'm hesitant, but I think he can have the capabilities of carrying the team, and that's Russell Wilson. Um, he hasn't done much since the Legion of Boom left, but he's kind of always kept that team – in playoff contention. So I, I say if he has a little bit more help here and there, he's one of those guys that can carry a team. And he's young right now, so I have to put him, I gotta put him in there because he's young right now and he had an amazing season last year. Even though they didn't, the record didn't show, he still played well. And I think if you add maybe one or two pieces, he can carry a team with a terrible defense. And that's Deshaun Watson. Outside of those three quarterbacks, uh, you know, Brady's up there in age and what he had around him in Tampa Bay, most quarterbacks would be able to win with. So I can't put t uh, Brady in there. Oh, there's one more. I got to put Aaron Rodgers in there. I got to put Rodgers in there. His remarkable arm talent. I mean, he, he, the, he's seen pretty much every defense out there. So I got to put Rodgers in there. But outside of those four quarterbacks, I, I, I'm not sure there's anyone left in the NFL that can carry a team by themselves. But outside of those and, four and, quarterbacks. And see, to me, I'm going to stop it at just Mahomes – Rodgers and Brady. I mean, put those three okay. right over here. And I, I'm looking at these guys. These are Super Bowl winners. Uh, these are our MVPs. Put them over there. And everyone else. I mean, look, I, I love Deshaun Watson. And, and one of the fun things about playing fantasy football and you have a quarterback is you follow him every week. You watch all them snaps. And I had Watson last year. Watson's a fantastic player. But even you saw, what was their record? Yeah. <laughs> what You're happened? Right. Yeah, it was like 4-12, I think. Yeah. You know, he kind of reminds me of the – Watson kind of reminds me of the, the, the Russell Westbrook, who, you know, he could put up all these phenomenal, he could average a triple-double. Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. You guys still got me? Hello? Yeah, I got you, Barry. Hello? Oh, okay, okay. I got I you, Barry. I, was off. I got you. I, th I, I thought got I was you. off. But uh, Deshaun, he kind of reminds me of the uh, Russell Westbrook of the NFL. Like, he can average a triple-double, put up all these stats, win MVPs, but at the end of the day, is he going to bring you that hardware? Is he going to make this team a competitive team in the playoffs? I, I, I'm not quite sure. I lean to put him in there just because he's still so young. But overall, you got to put a little bit of talent around him to see um, the fruits of his production. But, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. And, and so my thing with, with Russell, you know, when you put in Russell Wilson in that category and Deshaun Watson, and, and to me, most quarterbacks are like that. They're, they're only about you know the three guys I named who can sit up here, put a team on their shoulders, and go. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP in this league, and I have a lot of respect for his ability. Josh Allen is showing us he's a really yes. good football player, but they're still needing some help here. So we got three guys in this league right now that you can say, put that dude out there, that guy will go win you the game, and to me, everybody else is going to have some warts and some flaws. And that's that where Dak true. Prescott fits in. And so when Jimmy yep. talks about you know him making this kind of money and paying him and it's going to limit your cap, um, every year we keep seeing that happen. Andrew Luck got paid, and unfortunately injuries hurt yeah. him. But you know what? Even he was not that guy who you know he, he did well with the Colts. But you know, once he, he needed help, so um, mm -hmm. this is the nature of the game. Dak got his money. In four years, somebody's going to go go blow past the money. So Dak knows now that the bullseye's on him. And I want to bring up another point a former Dallas Cowboy had to say, and that's Daryl Moose Johnston. Um, actually, no, I'll bring, up that, I'll bring that up later on. Bring it up later on here. I want to, I want to touch in here on another Dak reaction, and that's Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones said he overpaid. 
and he was glad to open Ooh. it. <laughs> but and how would said, you feel, Louie, though? Well, like, actually, like, how would you feel? It was go the ahead, way, go ahead, this, go Okay, this, this is why you had to be there. And being there and hearing it are two different things. Because when he, at first he said, anything that I ever bought of value, I overpaid for. He said, I overpaid for the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody told me how dumb I was and it was a bad deal. Um, even Donald Trump uh, back in, in, in the 90s said, hey, I could have bought the Cowboys, but it was so much money, it was a bad, it, it was a bad investment. And then he said, I overpaid for Dak. And then so it was a, hey, yeah, I overpaid, but you know what? You overpay for good things. And if you underpay for something, what are you going to get? You're going to get something that's not that valuable. So he put Dak in that category. So when you say, how did yeah. you feel? The way he said it, it made Dak feel like, okay, yeah, you know what? You got the best of me. And he even said, if I had to pay a single human being, I don't mind paying the guy to my right. So he was very and complimentary that, in what he did. But he did overpay. Very complimentary. I mean, he, he overpaid because you and I know they could have got it for thirty-two. You know, oh, got, you know, two years ago they they probably got it. Probably could have got him for thirty. You right. Know? So they messed it up. Yeah. So there's no doubt he overpaid because, hey, you did. But this has been, and we've talked about it right here on the players' lounge. This has been the Jerry Jones mo. He overpaid on Tank Lawrence. Could have got Tank oh, at yeah. a cheaper price. Overpaid on Amari Cooper. Should have got the Cooper deal done when they made the trade for him. Didn't do it. Overpaid on Ooh. Ezekiel Elliott. Made him the top yes. highest paid running back in the game. He overpaid there. This is what he's done consistently. And you knew you were going to have to overpay for the quarterback. But, but that's a great thing about what you brought up. Is like That's what you took from it when he said he was overpaid. But being there and hearing him say it and how he was trying to convey it, it's like, yeah, man, I overpaid. But you know what? Everything I overpaid for was worth it. This guy's worth it. So, like, so I got to ask you this. How was the energy when you were in there? Like, was it like everybody was kind of sitting on pins and needles or was there like a lot nah. of tension? Like, how was the energy? Because on, on the TV, it seemed like, you know, everybody was just like all giddy and just, oh, I can't believe this is what it is. So I just want to know, like being there in person, was there a lot of tension or was it just like everybody was just happy that it finally got done and we can move forward with this? Yeah. So this was the first team press conference the NFL's had for a team. The last time the NFL had just a press conference all year long with the media and the people there in the same th- you know in the same room, that was mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl. So no other NFL team has done what the Cowboys did in bringing out Dak Prescott, let's do it in person. Everything's been virtual since last March. So this was the yep. first time Jerry was happy to be in the building seeing people. He, he really loved it. He missed being in the arena of dealing with the yep. media in the back and forth. Um, as far as the energy in terms of Dak and his people, of course, they're happy. Four years, $160 million bucks. And, Barry, you've been involved in contracts and you, and you, with the Cowboys and then being in the locker room with the Jaguars. You know when guys are happy for a certain player because they know, hey, man, that guy, that guy deserves his money. <laughs> Without and a that, and doubt. And that was the feeling. Yeah, that was without a feeling. doubt. Like, I mean, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say about the two locker rooms and being happy because, I, like you said, when you see guys get deals done, like, you know, when, when Tyron Crawford got his deal done, everybody in the locker room was happy for him. Um, you know, when, when Brandon Carr came in after getting paid from everybody was, was happy for him. Orlando, same thing. But when I went down to Jacksonville and then after we made that run in the AFC Championship and they turned around and played and paid Blake Bortles what they paid him, I mean, you could <laughs> you could cut the tension with a knife in the locker room. I mean, it, people were sitting there just grimacing. Like, you, you would think that, man, yo, hey, our quarterback got paid, man. Everybody's giving high fives. Man, he walked through that locker room and people were just giving him, like, yeah, yeah, right, looks like we're here for another four years, man. So I'm glad the tension wasn't as thick or wasn't as bad when Dak signed his deal as it was when, <laughs> when Blake Bortles did his at Jacksonville. Because I'll tell you, that locker room was stone cold silent. And here's, you know, once again, here's another difference. The respect about a guy in the room and yes. the overall premise of you guys were like, dude, you getting a check. We should be getting a check because we, you, you just you got paid off what we did. You know, we're yes. not getting any of this. You got it. You yes. were basically jack riding off us. Nobody <laughs> felt that way. Nobody felt that way about Dak. And yes, I think that's true. those those leadership traits, those are the things in my mind, being a reporter that fans and maybe even some people who do this for a living in the media don't understand of guys in the room know who's the dude. They know who's yeah. that guy. They know who, who a team should be paying. That's Dak. And it's not reflective in numbers. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a leadership thing. And sometimes you got to be there or have been around real leaders to understand it. He's that guy. And, and that's why I believe you pay for that. I think that's a quality you pay for. You, you just mentioned Blake Bortles. He didn't have that. He did no. not have the juice. He didn't have the leadership ability. And he couldn't lead guys and make guys get up. Say, the guy got a check, they're like, oh, man. How much of that should Here I have got? Here we go. Right? Jack gets his and, money, and, and his dudes are like, good for you. And it's crazy because he's been like that since his rookie year. I remember him walking in to the training room or walking into the, to the locker room for, we were up in Oxnard, California, and it was his first start in a preseason game because I believe Tony Romo was sitting it out and it was against the Rams, yep. 2016. Yep. And he went in there and you could just feel it. I, I don't know, I can't really explain, I can't put words to it, but you could just feel it. Like he just, he just came out the locker room with just this poise and just this, I don't call it an aura, but it kind of was. He, he just came out on the field and you knew, the guys around him knew they, they just already had this belief in him. And once we saw him perform like that in that game out in California, we were like, oh, we might have something. We might have a solid backup. Little did we know, you know, Romo was going to go down and he was going to take over. But from game one, when Dak was under center, he just had this calmness, this poisonous about him that everybody believed in him. I'm talking about even the veterans, even Jason Wittens and the Des Bryants and the yep. Doug Freeze of the world who were best friends with Tony Romo. And that was their guy. That was their ride or die guy. They, they looked at Dak and said, look, this is the answer. This is how we're going to get to where we need to go. And when you have a belief in a guy like that, it don't matter how much you're down. You could be down 20 points. You could be down 14 points with two minutes left in the game. 
the team is still going to fight hard and they're still going to believe that he can go out there and he can get a win for us no matter how bad we're down. And that's the stuff that you want to pay for as a team and as an organization. When you got a guy that everybody believes in and no matter what the circumstances are, we're going to fight our butts off for this guy because he can bring us home a victory. That's what you can pay for. And that's what I believe Jerry Jones paid for when it came to Dak Prescott. Because he might have overpaid him, but you can't you can't put a price on the intangibles of guys believing you and believing in you in the locker room, and that's what Dak provides for this team. All right, the Cowboys, and we got a whole bunch of other things to dive into, but I just want to make sure we got the Dak reaction there. They've restructured contracts. Who are some free agents the Cowboys need to let go? Who are some of the guys that they need to keep on this football team? Also, let's get into Dan Quinn. There was a whole lot of conversation about Dan Quinn at the Dak press conference because it was the first time. The media had an opportunity to ask Jerry and Steven about it, and Dak also weighed in on the new defensive coordinator. We'll do that for Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com, coming up right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, even adjust your helmet, but seriously, don't adjust your underwear because once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. Tommy John's fabric keeps you cool and dry on the field or in the stands, and now they even have loungewear yeah loungewear shop underwear at tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys for 15% off your first order that's tommyjohn.com forward slash cowboys hey there cowboys fans with tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient simply sign up at your local store set out your dirty clothes and one of our tight cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day so skip the errand and enjoy life not laundry visit tightcleaners.com or your local store to sign up for tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery today grab some otter box gear and get ready for hanging with the boys from rugged venture coolers to tough as nails elevation tumblers We've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Is your family a Cowboys family? Have you taken holiday photos at the Star? Was your wedding theme blue and silver? Have you convinced your kids them is spelled with a D? If so, every game day feels like a vacation to you, so treat it like one. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, the Star District is the perfect place for the whole family to enjoy. Help support local Frisco businesses by visiting us to dine, shop, and explore the Dallas Cowboys-themed campus. For more information on all the Star has to offer, visit thestardistrict.com. All right, you are checking out the Players' Lounge. We do it every Friday at 1130 Central Time right here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church, longtime safety. Our other safety is Barry McCray. He, I should say Danny McCray. He's out. So just Barry and I running this thing. Hey, Chris, I got some feedback in my ear, so take that out for me right there, please. All right. Um, let's get into restructured contracts here because now Dak Prescott is signed. All right, Church, here's the thing. The Cowboys decided to go to Tyron Smith, Lel Collins, and Zach Martin and say, hey, guys, 
we want to reduce your cap number this year, I mean, or, or reduce our cap number this year, we're going to give you your money right now, which means, okay, instead of getting a check every 17 weeks, they're going to go ahead and decide to give it to you all at one time. I don't know about you, but I really would prefer that. <laughs> if I'm the player, Whoa, this is good see, for the player. I- I'm super. I see. I never really understood the, the the restructure. Like I didn't know how it worked when they. But is that that's how it works? So, so when they restructure your deal, instead of getting paid, you know, every week, every game, you just get that lump sum right at the beginning. Right, because this is they're they're, they're now tricking Whoa. the books. So they're just tricking oh, the books okay. now and saying, "Hey, look, you know, hey church, we owe you ten mil this year, but you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna give it all to your sign a bonus right now. So you, you know what? Here it is. Um, we're not we only paying you through the year, but that's fine. You're, we're good. So this is a it's a magic trick. But ultimately, they needed to create more room. Okay, so the DAC deal's done, but they still need more room to sign draft picks and to play in free agency. So those are the three guys they decided to go to. Here's something that I noticed: it's who they didn't restructure. Amari Cooper. Yes. Amari Cooper, mm. the wide receiver, has um, basically a two-year. It's been two years of, of guaranteed money. All right. And so after these two seasons, and this is going to be the second season, they're free. So when you start to look at okay, who are veterans with contracts you know that are going to be ending here? Um, the the Cowboys out on Amari Cooper is twenty twenty two. Because all the all the money would have been gotten the first two years of the deal, so their cap hit after uh, if you know for twenty twenty two would be six million dollars to let him go dead cap hit, which mm, yeah. this is this is this is just a, a thought, okay? I'm just just pontificating. Let's say after this season, you want to say goodbye to Amari Cooper, who's making twenty million a year. You want to say goodbye. You'll do a $3 million cap hit in, uh, in 2022 and a $3 million cap hit in 2023. You spread over two years. You take that, instead of paying him $20 million, you could give Michael Gallup 10 and then you take another $10 million and try and fix your football team. Because Gallup is up I, after this season. I have no problem with that. If that's the route they want to go and they say, you know what, Coop, it's been real two years, you've been productive, but. You know, we're going to save a little bit of money and go elsewhere. I have no problem with that. Because if you look at Dak Prescott and you look at what he does when he passes the ball and, and he goes through these, you know, godly numbers, he spreads the ball around. It's not like he's featured on one guy like a Michael Thomas when he had, you know, 150 catches that one year. He's not focused on one guy. He spreads the ball around. So in saying right. that, I feel like you can you can take out Amari Cooper, who is a productive receiver and is a very good receiver. But you can take him out. You can plug in somebody who might not be the caliber of an Amari Cooper, but can still be productive. Maybe an Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not saying that's what they would go, but a player like that who's productive but not to the caliber of an Amari Cooper you put a guy like that in there, I feel like you don't miss a beat. Because what we know about Dak Prescott is he spreads it around. You got Blake Jarwin at the tight end, Dalton Schultz at the tight end. They've both proven to be, well, at least Dalton Schultz has, proven to be a mismatch when it comes to linebackers covering them or safeties. So he can spread the ball there. You still got Michael Gallup, who's a deep ball threat, a 50-50 jump ball guy that you can get the ball to. And you, oh, and we forgot we got an emerging C.D. Lamb who had an amazing rookie season out the slot. So I feel like he can spread the ball to multiple people, and it's not like he's lasered and focusing in on Amari Cooper, and if you take him out of the game, what am I going to do with the rest of my, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of this talent? I can't I can't do anything without Amari Cooper. I feel like he he spreads the ball enough to where if Amari Cooper were to leave after this year, it wouldn't be that big of a problem, and they could plug in somebody else for it. So I wouldn't have a problem with that if that was the case. 
Right. So this could be the final year for Amari Cooper. And, and it wouldn't be about his talent. This is really starting yeah. to look at, all right, the structure of your salary cap, trying to find cheaper ways. And you drafted C.D. Lamb number one. That's five years of control. You're going to have to, at some yes. point in time, push this guy, elevate him up. And so to elevate him up, you may have to go ahead and remove Cooper out of it. You'd like to possibly keep Gallup and keep him at a lower price of Coop. So this is just the price of business. Okay, and this is what it comes to. All right, another uh, contract you were asking about, guys. Um, Jalen Smith, all right, so the out for the Cowboys would be after this season. I know there's some folks out there thirsting to get Jalen Smith going this year. It ain't happening. <laughs> Jalen Smith is going to be with the Cowboys, okay? And Stephen Jones admitted that and said it again. Uh, so Jalen would be, his out is 2022, so it'll be next year, and it would be $6.8 million in dead cap hit. Um Everybody, no one else is really good. I mean, Tyron Smith, you could do it at 12 mil in a dead cap hit, but I don't see them wanting to take something that huge. Uh, Tank yeah. is too much. Um, it would be after the tw- after you know, going into the 20, uh, 2022 season, it would be 19 mil. You don't want to do that dead cap hit yeah, money. That's too much. And then Zeke's. Zeke's is not until 2023, and that's when it would be $6.7 million. So Ezekiel Elliott's will oh, be wow, here yeah. for the next couple yeah. of years. So, yeah. when, so when, <laughs> yeah. when you asked about that of restructuring contracts, uh, there you go. Um, this last Sunday, the Dallas Morning News did a, a uh, little synopsis on who's likely to depart. So these were the five guys Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News said he thinks will go. Wanted to get your take on it. Number one, Sean okay. Lee. Number two, Tyrone Crawford. Number three, Chidobe Awuzie. Number four, Andy Dalton. Number five, Joe Thomas. This was this was my five, all right? Sean Lee, Tyrone Crawford, Cheeto, 